Welcome to week two of the Women's World Cup. This is my latest podcast to discuss the second games in the Women's World Cup as part of the FIFA fan movement and also to talk about other related football issues. Just to start off by this blog won't always be about football. It's just that um, being part of the FIFA fan movement, I thought that podcasting is so popular these days that it will be good to get a podcast up and running. So we're in the second, we've now completed the second games in each group and the knockout stages are approaching very quickly. Uh, There's a few games left to play, a few places up for grabs, but looking at the World Cup, I think it's now starting to take shape uh, quite well. Group A, I think we've got France and Norway looking good. Nigeria have a win as well. South Korea are bottom of the group with zero points. And for me, that's quite shocking because I've always thought that South Korea were going to be through in this group. I thought it would be between them and and Norway. But Nigeria had a very good result. And uh, France looks strong, I must admit. They've uh, only conceded one goal and scored six. And I'm still tipping France and Norway to go through in that group. Uh, Group B is looking equally as close. Germany. Uh, already qualified, I believe, or are on the brink of. Spain in second place, China in third with three points each, and then South Africa have uh, two games and zero points. I'm still tipping Germany and Spain here. Spain are the dark horse for me in this World Cup. I don't think they've really had a, uh, their true form yet. The first game, they had a lot of VAR decisions go against them. I thought the second game, they played very well against Germany. Uh, very unlucky to lose. So I'm still tipping Germany and Spain. Group C, uh, again, uh, equally as close. Italy, for me, the surprise of the group. Uh, two two uh, games, two wins. Brazil second, Australia third, and Jamaica are bottom with zero. Um, I'm still thinking that Brazil and Australia will qualify here. I think Brazil are too strong for Italy, and Australia should beat Jamaica. Um, and then I think it will be down to goal difference. And the Italians' goal difference at the moment is six, and Australia's is zero. So I'm thinking that Australia are going to put a few goals past Jamaica um, and scrape through on goal difference. If not, they should qualify as one of the top third place groups, uh, third place teams. But credit to Italy, playing really well in Group C. Uh, group D, England are top with six points, Japan are second with four, and I can't see any of the other two teams getting any results there so I think England Japan will qualify safely Group E Netherlands Canada looking good both on six points so I I believe both have qualified from that group so Cameroon and New Zealand uh, cannot make it and Group F I mean America are just I mean looking at the stats it's ridiculous 16 goals in two games I mean it's 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 incredible but they're going to have a tough match against Sweden um uh, next, <clears throat> I think that it's going to be very, very tough uh, for for the USA to, to bang in another six or seven goals. I actually think that it's going to be quite a, uh, a tough match, and uh, I think Sweden could actually beat the US. Uh, it's a very interesting match because it's up for um, it's up for grabs about who who um, finishes top of the group. And I must say that Thailand, um, bottom of the group, conceded 17, but scored a goal. And I think the emotions against Sweden when they scored that goal were felt around the world. It was uh, an amazing moment for their football history. So congratulations to them. So I'm kind of thinking at the moment that it's shaping up as I thought. Italy being real, the only surprise in the women's uh, first stage, top in the group. But... 
today's matches should shape up more and I'm still going for, uh, this is a big shot in the dark, but I'm still going for an Australia-Germany final. But let's see, let's see what happens. Lots, lots to talk about in the future. I also want to talk about my football club, uh, my two football clubs actually, uh, one being Chelsea. Uh, we lost, or we didn't lose, we, um, we let our manager uh, Maurizio Sarri go back to Juventus this week after one season in charge at Chelsea. And Maurizio Sarri has actually been manager for just one year. And there's been a lot of problems with Maurizio Sarri in terms of being accepted. Um, I personally didn't know much about him before he came to Chelsea. Uh, I know that he did very well at Napoli um, for a few seasons. Didn't really have a big transfer budget, but still managed to, to finish second behind Juventus for, I think it was two seasons running. And at the start of the season, I thought, OK, he's going to bring his uh, style of football with him. And I, we started off well. I think we went 13 games unbeaten, and then we had a bit of a, a huge dip in the January-February time. But for some reason, the fans didn't take to him. Um, we won a trophy. We lost in another final, and we finished top three, top team in London. If he gave me that option at the start of 2018 season, I would have said, absolutely, I would have taken it. But Sarah's gone, and we have a transfer ban now for two windows, so we cannot sign any new players. We have 44 young players coming back on loan, so obviously a lot of these will be cleared out, and a few of them hopefully will make it into the first team. Obviously there's big rumours about Frank Lampard coming back to Chelsea as manager. I'm a bit torn about this because I actually think that Lampard is a good manager in the making but is he ready he's not had any managerial experience in the premiership he's only managed derby in one season and he did well he got to the championship playoff final against aston villa but it's going to be a bigger ask for him to to make us you know obviously as a player he's he's got more experience than most he's, he's a legend at chelsea but I still think he's not ready as a manager personally and I would say maybe get Steve Holland in for one or two seasons and then give Frank the job in maybe two or three years once once he's got his his feet under the table a bit you know maybe take Derby into the into the premiership or maybe manage a premiership club you know one of the bottom ones who are you know always kind of changing manager it's it's a big gamble by us and I think it's going to be one that might backfire um, but let's see what happens first but I'm optimistic about if he does come. He understands the youth policy. He's He was a young player himself, so that's going to be um, an epic thing as well. Uh, Linchirping now. Now, something happened in Linchirping City. Not Linchirping City Football Club, but the town of Linchirping, or the city of Linchirping. So, a few weeks ago, the Swedish national women's team had these statues unveiled, um, and these statues were on public display for a couple of days as part of the, I think it was Coca-Cola, part of the promotion for the Women's World Cup. And it was it was nice. I actually saw a few of them and uh, it was good work, good good art and, you know, something for the, the supporters to enjoy. Now, one of the statues of Mila Fisher, who is, for me, the best centre-back I've ever seen in football, men or women's. She's She is an absolute belter of a player. The best centre back I've ever seen. I mean, she she what can what she does on a pitch is, I've not seen John Terry, I've not seen Jamie Carragher, I've not seen Carlos Puyol, I've not seen any player, maybe with the exception of Bobby Moore, who was a bit before my time, be as good as her. She's good in the air, good on the ball, great tackler, excellent vision, good passer. I mean, she is a manager's dream. 
So her statue was taken from Stockholm to Linköping um, because she's joining Linköping after the World Cup from Wolfsburg in Germany. And within a, f a few days, the statue had been vandalised. Uh, it had been smashed up into pieces and pushed in a river. Now, I've done a stupid. I've done stupid things in my time when I was young. I've, I've gone out and I've, you know, uh, I don't know, kicked over a fence or I've, I've put a football through a window accidentally. I've, we've all done stupid things when we were young. But why on earth would you smash up a statue? I don't understand the mentality of that. Even if you're even if you've had a few beers or even if you're stressed about something, why on earth would you smash up a statue that is going to attract people? It's going to make uh, awareness of the football club. It's going to raise awareness of the Swedish women's team. I don't understand the sheer idiocy of smashing up a statue. I, I, I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, it's For me, it's, it's pointless, mindless vandalism and... I really hope they find the, the perpetrator and um, and really give them a, a heavy fine or even put them in prison for a day. You know, treat give give them a lesson or put them into some community service where they have to give something back to women's football. Uh, it's stupid. It's wrong. Uh, the statues are still around if you want to go and see them, and uh, it's a really really good cause <clears throat> to to go and see them. And um, I really hope that somehow the statue can be repaired and restored. Uh, idiots. And the last thing about this podcast is just a quick mention of Soccer Aid yesterday. Uh, Soccer Aid is a charity uh, run by UNICEF and ITV. And basically what it is, it was Robbie Williams, the the, the pop star, pop singer, uh, and I forgot his friend's name, Jonathan Wilkes, that's right. Uh, Jonathan Wilkes and Robbie Williams founded Soccer Aid back in 2006. And technically what it is, it's a football game held every year or every two years at some stages. And you get a bunch of celebrities and former players that represent England. And you have a bunch of uh, former players and celebrities that represent the rest of the world. And in the past, you've had players like Maradona, Zidane, uh, Michael Owen, um, Jamie Redknapp, uh, celebrities like Gordon Ramsay, uh, Mike Myers, who played Austin Powers, I remember Joe Calzaghe, the former super middleweight boxing champion, uh, the guy who played Woody from Cheers. Um, they've they've basically had celebrities from all, all walks of entertainment, from music and acting. Yesterday we had James McAvoy being tackled by um, being tackled by John Terry, and then you had uh, who else was there? Uh, a few reality people that I don't know of, but. Yesterday, for the first time, we actually had former uh, female or women players, uh, Rachel Yankee and Katie Chapman for England. And I think I forgot the name of the two Brazilians, but there were two Brazilian uh, former female players that played on the rest of the world team. And we had uh, Katie Chapman and Rachel Yankee, two England legends, playing against um, the rest of the world for the England team. And it was amazing to watch. It was amazing to watch. Rachel Yankee go up against Michael Essien for 65 minutes. And I'll tell you one thing, she actually, she, she beat him on more than, more than half, I would say. She, she actually outplayed Michael Essien. And watching Katie Chapman uh, get part of an assist for, um, for one of the freestylers, I think his name was Lewis or something, his goal, he scored two. Um, it was great. It was great to see. And I really hope that they actually 
don't segregate this into a women's soccer aid and a men's soccer aid. Um, of course, women can compete with men on a football pitch. I think it was amazing to see. Uh, it was only two, but I hope next year maybe they have more. Um, it will be <clears throat> really good for, for the game. And um, I thought it was great. Uh, they raised, I think it was £10 million in total from what I read. Uh, an excellent day. Um, I wish they showed this worldwide. It's uh, it's a great uh, great occasion, great for you know giving money to a, to a good cause and it, it raises awareness of football. And to see John Terry, Joe Cole, Michael Essien, Ricardo Cavalier back at Stamford Bridge yesterday for me as a Chelsea fan was epic. <clears throat> so big shout out to all of the volunteers and everyone at Soccer Aid. And um, that's the end of this podcast. It's a bit short, but hopefully next one will be a bit longer. Take care and have a good week.